Welcome back, everybody. Happy September, which means happy Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. I thought you were going to say happy fall, but that too. <laughs> One of them takes priority, but um, yeah, happy. Is it fall? When's the first official day of fall? I don't know, but September is fall vibes. Yeah. I bet it's going to be super hot still, though. It will be. Okay, since we're talking about fall, let me just say my obsession. Okay. My obsession is the Starbucks pumpkin spice chai. Had it this morning. First sip of pumpkin spice from Starbucks. Oh, it was good. So good. Let me say I did have a sip. For those of you who know, I can't have caffeine, so I can't have chai or coffee or anything. I had a sip of that, and I could taste the pumpkin, and it was good. It was so good. But I tried – I've never had a cup of coffee before, ever. And so I decided, like, when Kendrick was here, he was like, why don't you just get decaf if you can't have caffeine? Why have I never thought of that? I know. I was like, I've never thought of it either. I think because I've never drank coffee. So, like – It's never been a part of your life. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, fine. I'm going to try it so I can try pumpkin spice. And I got an iced decaf pumpkin spice something I don't know and it was disgusting and everyone like mom tasted it or yeah mom tasted it and Kendrick tasted it and they were both like that is extremely bitter and it's not normally like that so someone didn't make it right yeah but now I'm like okay well I just spent six dollars on that and now it's just kind of thrown me off so I don't think I'm gonna be partaking in pumpkin spice but yeah well for the fellow pumpkin spice girlies let's unite yeah, it's now fall. I'm the, I'm there in spirit. Yeah. Because I, I if I could be there, I would. Well, I know the $6 gets me. I'm like, literally, I could make my own chai. Yeah. And make my own pumpkin spice cold foam. It's not that hard. Yeah. I just, I want to try something decaf like somewhere else. Maybe like Dutch. Because Dutch is always so good. Or like a local shop. <laughs> like, I like local shops. True. Yeah, so I just I, I need to try, I need to see, because I'd love to be able to have like a drinkity drink where I can do the seasonal stuff, like peppermint or I don't know if you do that. The apple coffee. macchiato from Starbucks is also so good. Really? Wait, what did you say? Uh I don't remember. <laughs> Anyways. Something not in coffee. Well, I want to know. I genuinely cannot remember. I can't either. All right, well. I don't know. <laughs> That was my obsession. Do you want to say yours? Um, yeah. My obsession is um, feeling very accomplished at work right now because um, I won't give specifics, but I have been working on a project that is like completely my baby, like from inception to where I am now. Like everything has just been like, I've been putting so much work into it. And I got to travel to Boise where like, I guess the headquarters are, you could say, um, this week and create content for it. And I'm just really excited because it, um, it goes live on Monday from now. And all my hard work is just like going to start being out there for the world. So I'm excited. And it just felt nice. Like I was working on it today and I was like, wow, like I'm getting there. And it's nice to see like, I can already see the success in it and it hasn't even started. So I'm excited. We love a career woman. And it's nice when you go to work and you like what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you going to school has kind of given you that little spark that you needed to Mm -hmm. love work again. Not that you didn't before. I I don't really know. But it got a little stale. It gets dull. You need stuff to re-spark. So 
I'm happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. So yeah, that's my obsession. All right. Well, we have some updates for you guys. Let's talk about Kendrick Knight. So Haley, explain <laughs> what Kendrick Knight was. Okay, so for those who don't know, my boyfriend, his name is Kendrick, um, he came to town this past weekend. And so it was his first time meeting the family and meeting the friends. And honestly, this like warmed my heart because we all started just calling it Kendrick night. Like Friday night, we had plans to just like hang out. He was going to come over. Yeah. And all the friends, well, he's already here. (laughs) He was here. All the friends were going to come over. And so we just kind of like when we were planning it, like all of our friends, we just kind of started calling it Kendrick night. But then it stuck, and so I got, like, this banner that said Kendrick Knight, and then One everyone of our friends was like, let's just play Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so, like, we had a banner. Everyone brought snacks and drinks, and um, one of our friends brought, like, a fun drinking game. So we were playing that drinking game, and um, honestly, like, everyone was just vibing. It was so fun. It was nice because, like, I felt complete with him here. and. Um, yeah, it was just awesome. I loved it. It was so fun. It was honestly so fun. And it was my first time truly meeting Kendrick. Mm-hmm. So I also enjoyed that. And I know like the family did too. And yeah. everyone had a good time. It was so fun. It was so fun. So yeah, that was Kendrick, Kendrick Knight. It was one for the books. It was one for the <laughs> books. Um, I have to say a little side note. I don't know if you guys can tell on the camera, but I am sweating <laughs> so much because I just came from school. And, like, I literally came in and we started recording. And at school, the AC was broken and it was so hot in there. Like, I was sweating the whole time. I'm in art class trying to make a freaking collage. And I'm sweating buckets. And then they ended up shutting down the building because it was too hot. Like, it was, like, dangerously hot. So we got out of class early. And then I was in the car. Couldn't seem to get rid of the heat, even with my AC. And then walking outside, like, and coming up. I just, I can't stop sweating. So if my face is very red and I'm sweaty, ignore. You understand why? (laughs) I just, it's like very distracting to me. So (laughs) you feel unsettled. I feel, yeah, I feel very unsettled. No, I get that. And like this tree next to me is like hitting There's a lot. And I feel like our apartment AC is so hit and miss. Yeah. It's fully on and I can't feel it. Maybe because someone turned it off today. I turned it back on. (laughs) Anyways, so um, wish us luck with the heat. Hopefully we don't pass out. This is why we're ready for fall. Honestly, I'm sick of summer. I'm not. No, I'm sick of it. I think I could live in like a perpetual fall. I could live in a perpetual fall. Because like Colorado fall is still hot. Like you could be at the I want sweater weather. No. Mm, I want... Okay, fine. Compromise. I want a nice fall morning. And yeah. mid-afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then after work in the evening, I want it to be like 80 for the pool. 75, 80s. 80s hot. 75 for the pool. I just want it to be warm enough to go to the pool, but not sweater weather. I No, I love sweater no, weather. No, I'm dreading when it gets cold, but to each their own, I guess. <laughs> I still can't get over. When, was it last winter? We were like, we're moving to Houston. This is our last winter. No, it was winter. two winters ago. Oh, my gosh. And then I literally donated pretty much all my coats and then winter <laughs> rolled around and I was like freezing. Where's that one coat? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm happy for whenever I 
move out of Colorado eventually in my life. Yeah. I'm ready to be done with snow. Like, yeah, me too. Wherever I live next, it's not involving snow. And it's supposed to be such a bad winter. I'm like, thank goodness I work from home, but there's <laughs> there's two days a week where I got to leave for school. Like, it's just the worst. It is. I hate it. <laughs> but dreading it. Yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, that was Kendrick Knight. You have an exciting So, little... yeah, I have an announcement. Um, I'm not going to talk about it much on this podcast because, okay, I'll just say it. Um, I started my own podcast, and it's kind of just a little passion project of mine. And real quickly, I'll just explain why I started a little bit. Go listen to the episode if you want, but it was very good. Thank you. <laughs> um, but basically, I had a blog last year, and that was supposed to be my creative outlet, but I was just putting too much pressure on myself. I love writing, but I was like, I don't know what to write about. And it feels easier to just talk, to talk about stuff. Yeah. And so I had the thought of starting a podcast for a long time, and then Haley gave me a reading, and it Listen really to solidified the episode. things for me. So that's why I started it. I love it so far. And I'm not putting pressure on myself to release episodes, but I'm like, I want to record again. Like, it was so fun. Good. So I'll link it in the show notes so that you guys can at least look at it. I will say as a listener, it was very good. It was like, what, 15 minutes? Yeah. And I was like, super into it. You had such great flow. And I'm excited for you. It was really good. Thank you. Yeah, it was a. Um, I liked the topic. I liked what you did. Thank you. <laughs> and I liked that I was talked about. <laughs> but no, like honestly, I love that for you because I I like that. Like podcasting is our outlet and is our way of sharing our voice. And so, like when you started your blog and then it kind of fell off, like that's okay. And I'm glad that you picked it back up in a different medium. Totally. Because, like, that is our outlet, you know? Like, we're totally. good at podcasting. That's what we do. And so I love that you have your own. Yeah, and I was like, well, I already have a podcast. Like, I know how to do it. Right. And I really enjoy it. So right. it wouldn't be a chore for me. Mm-mm. It's something that I enjoy doing. Yeah. And my blog did not feel that way. Because so- I feel like with a blog, too, it's like you want to edit. You want to make it perfect. But, like – with a, a podcast, like, you just talk. It's way more personal. Yeah, like, I was telling you, literally, there was, like, one thing that I edited out. And mm-hmm. I was literally just talking. Yeah. And I love that. So. I love it. Yep. I'll link it in the show notes for you guys if you just want to go look at it. It's m- Moments with Mackenzie? In the Moment with In Mackenzie. the Moment with Mackenzie. Yeah. So, I feel like the title also I love fits. it. I love it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So, a lot of fun things going on. I'm honestly, I'm just lately reflecting on, like, what I want in the next few months mm-hmm. and part of that was the podcast but like just like more routine oriented yeah yeah getting back on my feet in different areas like I'm excited yeah like it's a busy time right now but I feel like you know with school starting we're both working full-time we both have the podcast full-time and so like this kind of transition period getting back into school I feel like it's the perfect time to just add something else so that you can create a good routine. And then you'll go into nursing school and you'll have, like, it'll be established. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have to get ready for that. That's why I've been thinking. Yeah. I feel like I was just realizing people probably don't care about this part of the conversation, but we haven't talked in, like, forever. Okay, we need to take a minute because, like Haley just said, we are both so busy. Like, you were out of town. Mm -hmm. And Kendrick was here. Kendrick was here. 
we like I have a boyfriend so like yeah. that contributes to like me not always being here but like we were talking about it this morning like uh-huh. I think for you it feels like more like we never see each other because you're at home all day working yeah and I'm not so I'm like out of the house I'm like I gotta get this done I'm out doing stuff but like I come home and I haven't been home all day but you have mm-hmm. and so I feel like that adds to it yeah, like I have my routine. Like I have I'm very set. I do a lot of stuff after work, but a lot of it is just here. So I need to get out more. <laughs> but honestly, like going to school it has been really nice because I get to even though like I don't really like driving 30 minutes to get to class, it's nice because I can do something else. I can get out of the house, right. you know. Right, and it's still creative. Right. Yeah, I just feel I'm still adjusting to my like normal work schedule Mm -hmm. like a standard work schedule and so I feel so unsettled when I come home yeah every day because I'm like what do I even do I'm not used to this still yeah and so it's like well I feel like I have a million things to do and I have to start somewhere but I don't want to do anything yeah so it's an adjustment yeah it is I feel that I I mean I said this was I think my obsession last episode or two episodes ago but my dry erase calendar like literally I live by that for my routine after work because also like even though I'm working from home I'm still tired after work yeah Yeah, and so I'm like if I don't have everything planned out and everything I'm gonna do then I will want to just lay down and FaceTime Kendrick because we're long distance and not get anything done you know so like I have to stick to it. It's so hard, though. Yeah, that is really hard. <laughs> yeah, so you'll you'll figure out your groove. I'm figuring mine out, you know? Yeah. All right, I'm going to share the feminist highlight for today. Her name is Jane Hinton, and she was born in 1919 in Massachusetts. Her father, William Augustus Hinton, was actually the first African-American to teach at Harvard Medical School and to write a medical textbook. Jane earned her bachelor's degree in 1939, and then she went to work in her father's lab where she assisted in developing the Mueller-Hinton agar, and this is a culture medium where bacteria can thrive. So I am familiar with this because I studied this in microbiology. No way! But also I was reading in other sources that this led to the antibiotic journey and like where we are with antibiotics today. Mm -hmm. So she has contributed a lot. Wow. Later in life, she then decided she wanted to become a veterinarian. I was like, okay, girly. We love a multi-career woman. Right? So she um, became a vet in 1949. And then at that time, she was only one of the two African-American female vets in the United States. Oh, my god! And they were the first two. Wow. She retired around 41 years old. It was like five or six years after she graduated as a vet. And she never married. She spent her time caring for her garden and her various pets. Slay. Like, why is that such a fulfilling life? I love that. That's awesome. Especially for back then when it was yeah. like uh, the nuclear family unit is like, yeah. was like so pushed. Totally. Good for her. That's awesome. That's cool that you studied her like technique. Or... Yeah. Was it a technique? Oh, a me- culture medium? I don't know the correct terms. Yeah, it's just a type of medium. Oh, okay. I'm going <laughs> to pretend like I know what that is. <laughs> That's very cool, though. And, like, awesome that it's still, obviously, like, it's relevant. Yeah, like, it's today. used probably every day. Yeah. You know? Awesome. Well, thanks for letting us know about Jane Hinton. 
Uh, it's um, always awkward segueing from the feminist highlight. Yeah. We're, we're, like, we're, let's talk about pediatric cancer. We're, we're moving on from one science to another. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, BetterHelp. It's 2023, and it's time to really prioritize our mental health this year. No matter where you are in life, everyone can benefit from therapy. Whether you need to work through trauma or just need a safe person to talk to, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp is the world's largest online therapy service. Get matched with a professional licensed therapist in your state who you can trust. BetterHelp has options to communicate with your therapist via chat, email, or video, and you can message them at any time to get help. BetterHelp is giving our listeners 10% off if you sign up using the link in our show notes. If you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, or just need someone to talk to, try BetterHelp today by clicking the link in our show notes or go to betterhelp.com slash rtafpod to get 10% off today. So like I said, it is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month or Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, The color for Childhood Cancer Awareness is gold. So Ken's has her gold accents on with her Childhood Cancer Awareness ribbon necklace. I, you probably can't see, but I have my pin and then I'm wearing this yellowish, goldish dress um, to start out our episode for the first month or the first week of September. <laughs> um, so this is a very significant month to us because I like to say this as a family, we survived childhood cancer. Yes. Because, but I also, <laughs> I never say that for me, but it's true though. And you can yeah, agree. Yeah. But I was diagnosed with cancer when I was five, and I I had the whole shebang. I had radiation, chemo, surgery. And it was a stage four tumor. Yeah, and it was stage four. So I was, like, tiny. I was five. It was the, – the tumor was the size of a Nerf ball, like a Nerf football. Um, and so it was – I mean, it was very scary. It was very much life or death. And I – so when I tell people sometimes like um, doctors or something, when I'm giving my medical history, they're like, oh, you were so young. You probably don't remember. False. Mm, yeah. It's very traumatic. Not. Yeah. Um, but I'm at a good place right now where like I can talk about it and everything. Um, but yeah, it was, it's something that's very, um, a big part of our family's life because, and like even our younger siblings who might not remember like me going through it I know you definitely do um but like they've seen the after effects and like all of that so very much a family journey and so we want to raise awareness because it's childhood cancer is something that there's not a lot of funding towards compared to other cancers and there's also not a lot of awareness and so we are doing this episode uh to raise awareness yeah, and we actually did an episode a couple years ago. That's crazy to say yeah. when we were just starting the podcast and Haley shared her story. So and you, you did. I did too. Yeah. We were both crying. Like <laughs> yeah. because we had never we had never talked about like you are I don't like talking about you it. You don't like talking about it, which is okay because it's traumatic. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And so I had never heard anything from your point of view. This is all coming back to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so like it was the first time I had heard anything from you. So yeah, we were very much crying a lot. 
we've been crying. <laughs> we, we cry a lot on the podcast. But um, okay. Well, what I wanted to say was go back and listen if you want to hear the story. We can put it in the show notes. Yeah, let's put it in the show notes. But it is. I would appreciate it if you guys did go back and listen to that because um, we were very vulnerable in sharing our story and. It is something hard that it's something that's hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. So um, go ahead and listen to that. But in order to like raise awareness, we didn't want to just like retell the story Um, like it's a book. (laughs) Um, So we're going a little different direction. So today we're going to be talking about women's impact on childhood cancer research um, because there are a lot of amazing women that are in this field and are are. researching and coming up with possible cures and treatments and all that. So we're going to highlight some of them. So first, I just want to share some facts about childhood cancer. So my favorite organization is acco.org. It's American Childhood Cancer Organization. And um, they just have a lot of good resources and tools for survivors for people who are newly diagnosed, for families, for people who just want to learn like everything. And so these are just some facts from their website. So we can switch off reading them. But one of the first facts that I thought was really important to highlight is that early diagnosis of childhood cancer is often difficult. And I mean, speaking from experience, I guess, like, for my cancer, they don't know if it if I was born with it or if I developed it. I didn't know that. Yeah, but I think that they were leaning towards me being born with it. But like, let's say if I was like, they can never say one hundred percent. But right. if I was born with it, that is super hard to detect because obviously it went undetected for five years, and like I was perfectly healthy, like mm-hmm. nothing was wrong. So it is hard to detect, you know. Only six new drugs have been approved exclusively for childhood cancer in the past three decades. Are these for specific cancers? This is childhood cancer in general. So when you think about overarching, that's kind of crazy that in the past three or past 30 years, only six new drugs have been approved. And like research, it takes time and, you know, like they probably have more in the works, but to me, I get, and we can get into the other facts to really show how big of an impact childhood cancer has, but like, I feel like there should be more than six. Right. And you mentioned the lack of funding. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a shame. Yeah. Because these are kids. Like it's one thing, like cancer is devastating to anyone. For anyone. Right. But it's one thing to be like an adult and be able to understand more like your treatment, why you're feeling the ways that you are because of like the side effects and everything um, and just process it a little bit more. But when you're a kid, like you have no idea what's going on. Like I, I remember, I'll just share one thing. I know we talked about this in our episode two years ago, but like I remember when mom and dad told me that I had cancer and I was sitting on their bed and they told, they were like, so, you know, like you went to the doctor, blah, blah, blah. And you have cancer. And I just remember crying, but I don't re- like, I know that I didn't know why, but I just knew cancer was like something bad. Yeah. Cause as a kid, like, you hear people dying. Of yeah. Cancer. Yeah. And you hear of cancer, but like, you don't know the specifics really or what it means. Right. But you just know that it's scary. 
Right. So like for me, like I didn't understand. And so like, you know, that's applicable for all kids. Like you don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the, the lack of funding is very devastating. Um, okay. Another fact that I think really puts things into perspective is that the average age of a child diagnosed with cancer is eight years old. And that is so young. And fun fact, childhood cancer is anywhere from ages zero to, I believe, 20. Oh, so, I would think it was like 18. Yeah, no, I believe it's 20 or 21 to, is the technical cap. Um, so like, you know, when you're a teenager, that's still childhood cancer, but the average age is eight years old. Every day, 42 families learn that their child has cancer. And this is in the whole world. That's so sad. It's a lot. Like, yeah, I think that one speaks for itself. Um, yes. Okay. So it is 20 because of this fact. So one in 285 children will be diagnosed with cancer before their 20th birthday. That's a lot. That's a lot when you think about it. That's a lot. Yeah. I'm like, wait, there's a lot of warriors out there. (laughs) Band together with me. But it is a lot, which is sad. And then globally, approximately 400,000 children are diagnosed with cancer each year. So like imagine the countries that don't have the healthcare system that we have in the U.S. Like already hard enough for us Mm -hmm. but like imagine how many kids die around the world because there's just no resources Mm -hmm. that's awful it's really sad so speaking of uh countries that are more underdeveloped children with cancer in these low-income countries can be up to 10 times more likely to die than a kid that's in like a more established country so like thinking of me like stage four i was it was already like risky yeah everything was really rushed right but then imagine like a kid in like if I was in a different country I probably wouldn't have made it yeah so that's sad globally a child is diagnosed with cancer every 80 seconds I wonder you know we'd have to do the math but like I wonder how many kids that would be for the length of our episode like that would put it into perspective you know yeah um Something else that I think is really important to know is that 44% of childhood cancer cases worldwide are never diagnosed. So, you know, it could go undiagnosed and they just pass away. Unexpectedly. And yeah, and they don't know why. You never know. So I think looking at the facts really puts it into perspective for sure. Mm-hmm. How much of uh, an issue it really is. This also reminds me of... This is making me think about our episode of Annie Bond, who has breast cancer, and how she was talking about how frustrating it is from her perspective on breast cancer, for example, how there's so much awareness, so much funding, which is great. There's a lot of people who have breast cancer and are survivors, but a lot of that funding does not even go to them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even go to research. It doesn't go to treatments or anything. Yeah, it's like corporate exploitation exactly saying there's because we know everything's pink in October right and that awareness is great but yeah like she was saying a lot of these companies when you actually look at it like the money doesn't go towards funding it's pink washing yeah yeah so like that's an issue as well you know like when we think about um funding for cancer research in general like 
things need to change because there's a lot of people dying and a lot of people affected. Right. And especially with kids, I feel like that should be an area that's more focused on. Yeah. Because, I mean, nobody should have to have cancer or live through it, but you're a kid. You're a like, kid. you have a lot more life yeah, to live. And like you said, as an adult, you understand more and you're like, okay, I can get through this. Like, yeah. this is what's going to happen to me, but I understand that. But as a kid, you don't know. Yeah. So you're just going to the doctor all the time. Right. Yeah. No, I think I think that's definitely um, really important. And just as a side note, like when you are donating to a cause or something, um, double check where it's going because like um, there are organizations out there, like Annie was saying, that will just take a lot of the money. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, when you're doing some, some uh, donations and stuff, just double check. So now that we've gone into the facts of childhood cancer, we're going to get into some women who are really impacting research. So um, first, we are highlighting Dr. Stephanie Hicks, and she is very knowledgeable about the fact that childhood cancer tumors are made up of several different types of cells. So she is breaking it down and wants to understand the individual characteristics of these cells. So like, instead of just looking at the cancer cells in general, she's breaking down each one and trying to see like, how can we target each different cell? Mm -hmm. And so in her efforts to do this, researchers can start to match different types of drugs to specific cancer cells instead of specific types of cancer. Because like, you know, lung cancer is not going to look the same in every patient. Mm -hmm. There's going to be different cells. So that's really cool when you think about like how she's doing research that she could be able to target different cell types and almost personalized treatments depending on what cancerous cells are in your body. So that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That's work that's needed. Yeah. And also like very interesting work, to be honest. Like, yeah. So every cancer has multiple cells. Yeah. So like the, you know, the tumor or like the cancer, it's not just like one of the same cell. It's not just like cancer, you know, like there's different types of cells that can grow in different ways and spread. And Hmm. so, yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, so uh, something that Dr. Hicks said, I th- thought her quote was very interesting. She said, the world is becoming more data intensive. As data becomes more plentiful, it is critical to be able to make sense out of it. So I just like that, like a very analytical mind. Um, and then something else that I thought was amazing is that she is creating a reproducible workflow that will allow other scientists to compare and contrast data and analysis across studies. So instead of it just being like centralized for at whatever hospital she's researching. Right. At. So that once something has been researched and looked at, you're not just mixing multiple things in the pot. Mm-hmm. And it's out there. Exactly. Like there's no crossing. Mm-hmm. I think that's really great. Yeah. Like it's this workflow that is 100% her own creation but by her creating this like so many people from around the world are able to collaborate that's so cool like that's awesome imagine having like a workflow that has your name on it yeah that's so cool yeah 
So that is Dr. Stephanie Hicks, and she's doing great things. Um, I did want to note that all of um, these highlights, the facts, are coming from Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation website. And um, if you don't know what this is, definitely go check it out. But um, Alex's Lemonade Stand is a foundation that is run by the family of Alex. She was a little girl who, um, at the end of the 90s and early 2000s, she was diagnosed with cancer and throughout her cancer journey, she had a lemonade stand and was able to run to raise over a million dollars in funding for childhood cancer research. And That's amazing. Yeah, unfortunately she did pass away, which is devastating, but her family has been able to continue that work. So they have so many resources. So check them out if you have questions. Yeah, that's a really credible foundation. Yeah. Like, so if you're going to donate, you should donate there. For sure. And they partner with like a bunch of – like I remember when we worked at Rita's. Yeah. They partnered with Rita's. So um, yeah, definitely check them out. Um, The second researcher that we're highlighting is Dr. Michelle Manger. And so Dr. Michelle – she, when she was a young trainee, so a young doctor and researcher, people kept giving her unsolicited advice that she can't have a big career in medicine and research and science and also have kids. And obviously, like, you can just imagine being her and, like, all of these people being like, no, like, it, you, you can't have a family. You're not going to do it. You're not going to make it. So she ignored the advice and she ended up having four kids while also having like this successful career. And she is getting closer every day to a breakthrough in the treatment of a specific cancer called DIPG. And this is a pediatric brain tumor that has a 0% cure rate currently. So it's you, if you're diagnosed, you are not going to make it. Mm -hmm. Um, but she has been funded by Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation and through several grant programs, she's been able to study this and co-lead an initiative that is basically working to find a cure for this cancer. That's amazing. Yeah. So, and I just love that, um, they really like focus on like how people just kept telling her, you're not going to make it with kids. And here she is co-leading this research initiative with four kids. Yeah, you can do it all. Yeah, literally. Like, motherhood doesn't stop anything. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so the last researcher that we're going to highlight is Dr. Jean Mulcahy-Levy. And she is – she got her start at the University of Colorado, Denver. Okay. Which is right next door to us. <laughs> So that was pretty cool. I wanted to end on her because, you know, Colorado. But she was, she received a grant from AS, ALSF, and she has been studying these two different types of cancer that are very complicated, but she's been studying them for nearly 11 years and is looking at these two specific treatments that are called chlorokine and hydro and hydroxychloroquine as a potential therapy for children with brain tumors. And I would definitely check out the link in our show notes to go and look at the specifics, but she's looking at this 
basically, I guess, mutation as a potential therapy for children with this one specific mutation. So it's just crazy to me how, like, I guess granular they get. Yeah. Like, it's so specific to specific mutations in different cells. Yeah. Well, because you have to get to the root of it to find a cure. Right. So she's been working on this potential therapy for the last 11 years, and her studies have resulted in multi-site clinical trials for children with relapsed brain tumors. So if their brain tumor comes back, she's running clinical trials for targeting this specific mutation. Um, This trial uses a specific drug that's also a well-known anti-malaria drug, and she combines it with chemotherapy. Wow. So her studies and everything show that this could be a potential, you know, cure for this type of relapsed brain tumor. Um, She also credits her success in research to her mentorship and support with other scientists. Um, Her first mentor fueled her passion for biology. And she, this is a quote from her. She said, after the mentorship of my first strong female example of a scientist, I've never looked back. I love that. So women supporting women, women in STEM, women in research, female doctors, everything. I just love it. And so I feel like, um, I just feel like this was a really great way to highlight the feminism in childhood cancer research and just some strong women who are doing incredible trials and, and, you know, putting out some ideas that could potentially be cures for certain types types of cancer. Yeah. I really like the direction you took. That was really good. You guys should go listen to our story episode where you can hear Haley's story. So like we said, we'll link that in the show notes. But yeah, go do some research. Check out Alex's Lemonade Stand and some other credible foundations. And stay tuned with us on social media because we're going to be posting announcements and updates on a fundraiser that we're going to be doing for Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. Yes. And like Ken said, stay tuned for more details. But if once we release the details, if there's any way that you can support that fundraiser, it would mean a lot to us because it is a very important cause to both of us and something that is just very important. And so we'd love to be able to raise funds and donate to a really great cause and help childhood cancer research. Yeah. So with that, happy September, happy fall, and try and do something, even if it's just sharing a post, but try and do something to raise awareness for September and Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Yeah, check out the account that Haley mentioned. ACCO. ACCO on Instagram. They post really great facts, updates, they share real stories. Mm -hmm. So just get some humanity in your life. Yeah. Step outside of yourself. Go check it out. Just click share. We're all on social. Yeah. Go check it out. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.